This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straub. This is your Friday, December 24th episode. That means it is your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups. We will try to sort through some of the ongoing roster madness that is happening and help you find uh, players who can actually help your fantasy squads right now. I'm joined by Jonas Nader, who writes the waiver wired column on NBC Sports Edge, and Steve Alexander, who is, shall we say, uh, decked out in full-blown holiday garb. Steve, do you want to describe your uh, your getup for those listening on the podcast? Uh, sure. I've got a, I, I call it Santa Doc. And I've got a, a Santa Claus hat on, and then I've got a. It's usually annually a winner in the ugly Christmas sweater contest uh, held in Dahlonega, Georgia. It's a Christmas colored, horribly patterned sweater with a huge silverback gorilla on the middle of it, wearing a Santa hat and holding a massive candy cane. So, yeah, Jonas is uh, not wearing that outfit. Jonas is wearing a t-shirt. I'm not in the bathroom. Still in my bathroom in a bathrobe. It would be yep. the juxtaposition of you in like full holiday garb in your bathroom would be too much to take. I think Jonas, the bathroom itself Absolutely. is so spectacular in its simplicity. <laughs> I, I think we shouldn't mess with that perfection. Hey, good news is I did get my green screen, so maybe I'll have a green screen to pop okay. out next time. So the real, the, the yeah. actual real bathroom background could soon be unveiled. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Just a programming note before we get started, because this is a holiday week and Steve is in a holiday sweater, instead of doing this episode live on Friday, which is our norm, we pre-taped this on Thursday afternoon. So we won't be taking questions live like we normally do on these Friday episodes, but we are going to try to give you a bunch of options here, waiver options to get you through the weekend. And uh, with that said, let's just get started. Uh, We start with the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Clint Capella, Danilo Gallinari were among the Hawks still in protocols, the health and safety protocols as of this taping. That meant a career night for one Cam Reddish on Wednesday, but it also means some other Hawks are on the radar. So hit us with it, Jonas. Yeah, let's start with Cam Reddish, who had that monster 34-point game, a career high. Doc was going crazy in the Slack chat. He was loving it. Uh, Four assists, two blocks, uh, four rebounds as well. The total package, right? Uh, the thing that stood out the most is that 30% usage rate. Like that's superstar territory in terms of usage rate too. So, I mean, like I said, with all those guys in the protocols, it sounds like the only one that has a chance to come out early is Trey Young. I think he even tweeted something about he may come out early. We don't know for sure. But uh, like I said, with three or four starters out, Cam Reddish is locked in for at least the next 10 plus days, I would think, right? Because even when players come off the protocols, they still have to go through like the the screening and all that good stuff. And some players usually stay out two or three games extra too. So I think Cam Reddish is probably a top three at worst pickup this week. Yeah, I'm all about it. Uh, Roth was not that excited about the Cam explosion last night. He's like, what happens when everybody's healthy again? And and where does the rotation land? And, and where does Cam land in that? The thing about cam to me is if you watch him play and if you watch that game last night man he passes the eye test like 
He was so aggressive and so confident last night. He looked like he could con conquer the world. And if he can play like that with that mindset and that mentality every night, like uh, he's going to fall out the rest of the season. But I did. I just think Cam Reddish is a better player than anyone thinks he is. And, and I know we're, we're tired of waiting for it to come and he keeps getting hurt, but man, he looked awesome last time. My affinity and appreciation for Cam Reddish has, has been probably well documented. There's a, a Cam Reddish's name is arched slightly above my head as we record this. And I, I would say to Raf's point, Raf isn't here, but I think at this point, so many of us are just looking for ways to weather this storm of like guys going to protocols in terms of fantasy. If you have a guy who can help you get through that, you pick him up and you don't worry about what's going to happen later. You're just trying to get through the next hopefully week or two or three or whatever this ends up being and go from there. So with Reddish, like, yeah, he's a, he's a no doubt pickup right now. And I don't even care what it's going to look like when the rotate, when everyone's back. Frankly, I think he probably goes back to being a fringe, you know, do we keep him? Do we drop him kind of guy? Because I think when they're all healthy, the, the thing that happened against Orlando was Cam Reddish knew he had the green, absolute green light every time as the, as basically the de facto go-to guy. That's a role he's he's ready for his like de facto go-to guy on like a frankly the Hawks were a bad team on Wednesday night. So I think once the Hawks are healthy, his production gets squeezed to where he's kind of a, a fringe or more of a deeper league guy, but I don't care about that right now. Go ahead, Steve. Well, he it reminds me of my, my son because my son is playing park and rec basketball. And you know, before one game, I said how you feel? He's like, Oh, not good. This kid I'm playing against tonight. He's better than I am. He's bigger than I am. He's going to dominate me, blah, blah, blah. And then like two days later, I was like, how do you feel before this next game? He's like, Oh man, I'm going to ball out tonight. The kid I'm playing against, I'm better than he he is. And I, and it's like, it's sort of how Cam was. Cam was like surveying the, what was on the floor last night. And he's like, Oh, I got this. I'm going to, I'm going to go off. And I, I think, I don't think it's a stretch to say that, you know, NBA players men, mentality changes depending on who's standing in front of them and guarding them from night to night too, just like it does with a little kid. So the Hawks play Thursday and Sunday. So if you can pick Cam Reddish up right now, uh, you get him for Thursday night, although that's Friday, of course. So that was last <laughs> night. <laughs> Matt, we're back to where we were last year or two years ago when we were recording early yes, and I never correct. knew what day it was. It's Friday. In any case, the Hawks play on Sunday. So whatever. The Hawks play on Sunday. And so, look, if DeLon, I mean, if Trey Young comes back, as you mentioned, Jonas, DeLon Wright loses his appeal. He had 9.7 rebounds, four assists, and a couple steals. A decent, not great for game for him. Anyeka Kongwu, in theory, is is very intriguing with Clint Capella out, but he's been on a minutes cap, and we don't know exactly how long that will go. So a streaming play, yeah, I think he had 8.7 rebounds and a couple blocks maybe in that loss to the Magic. So was there anyone else or any other thoughts on Atlanta for you before we move on? No, I, I do want to touch on Anyeka. I think he's. I think they're going to ramp him up a little bit more. I think it's going to be an even timeshare with 24 minutes for Diang and 24 minutes for Anyeka. Probably be by next game too. Um, I know they play Philly tonight as we're recording this, so that's going to be interesting to see how they handle the minutes tonight on the second end of a back-to-back. -back. But after that, there's three games next week. I don't think Capello will be back for those, and I think Anik is their center for the French, the, like the franchise center, right? I think they're going to ride out Capella for maybe a year, maybe two at most, and then they're going to turn the keys over to him at center too. They are extremely high in him. They took him six overall, passes the eye test for sure. He's way ahead of where Capella was at this age as well. Uh, I'm really, really sold on him. And if you look at his per minute stats, like they are insane too. So 
Uh, if we get 24 minutes of Onyeka, he's a top 50 player, most likely. And don't sleep on Jiang as well. Like, he had a rough game last night. But if you go if you go pull up Jiang's fantasy resume, he has top 50, top 40, top 70 seasons on there in, like, 25 minutes, too. So do not sleep on Gorgi Jiang as well. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's go to Houston, where K.J. Martin had another solid game on Wednesday. 12 points, 5 rebounds, 6 dimes with a block and 2 triples. Jonas, what are your thoughts on K.J. Martin? And, and like the Rockets are starting to get healthier, right? Jalen Green is coming back. We think Kevin Porter Jr. will be back soon. So do you think K.J. Martin, who's kind of seen a spike in minutes lately, he's been pretty consistently getting like upper 20s. He had 31 minutes in that Wednesday game. Are you worried about that, uh, him getting squeezed, even though these aren't the same positions? I'm actually not because uh, if you look up his play-to-play and basketball reference, he's played three, four, and five in his career too. So they are comfortable with him at multiple positions. And if you remember back to last year, in terms of silly season heroes, there was Kelly Olenek, and then there was uh, K.J. Martin Jr. He was up there. So his last 10 games last year, he was a top 60 player with 17 points, 8 rebounds, 2.6 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, and 2 threes. Like, that screams upside to me. Um, The last four games, he's putting up top 75 numbers this season, too. So I think they have to find a way to play him big minutes because if you really look at it, they only have Jay Sean Tate. And KJ Martin is like the reliable forwards. I mean, they just dumped Daniel House too, as well. So I think he's a priority right now to pick up. Yeah, and Jay Sean really struggled on Wednesday night, one of his worst games of the season, which was kind of weird to see see because he's been so good. I'm with you on KJ. Um, actually, there's, there's a lot of things to to kind of like about the Rockets right now. Christian Wood, Kevin Porter is coming back on my birthday, December 27th, supposedly. You've got Jalen Green coming back. So the, I, I think Armani Brooks is on on his way out, but all these other guys I'm super intrigued by. And the Rockets go four games next week and four games the week after that. They are one of only five teams that go 4-4 four, four the next two weeks. So big games there too for Houston. The only negative thing about the Rockets schedule is if you're hearing this on Friday, they will not play again until Monday. But I think that K.J. Martin still becomes a priority, a guy you need to try to get on your roster, and I wouldn't want to wait because of the schedule and miss out. Completely agree. All right, we're going to go back to Orlando. It was the That was who beat the Hawks on Wednesday night in just an absolutely painful game to watch. They have some serious roster issues as well. Chumo Kiki, who had six more steals on Wednesday, I think is long gone in a lot of competitive leagues. He's over 50% rostered. But you've got some guys there, Jonas. Uh, Gary Harris is widely available. Robin Lopez is back in our lives in a, in a somewhat spectacular way. What are your thoughts on this Orlando madness we're seeing? Yeah, you know you've hit rock bottom in fantasy when you're picking up Gary Harris. And I, I have to admit, I actually picked him up in a few spots. And I'm not hating the production. Yeah. Uh, I said this last week, too. You have to worry about him tearing his hamstring every morning when he wakes up. But <laughs> when he's playing now, he's getting 36, 38 <laughs> minutes, too. So... <laughs> You got to love what you're saying. I think he's like in the top 80 in the last two weeks. I'll have to go back and check that real quick. But yeah, you got to pick up Gary Harris now because they literally have five G League players on the roster. I'll let Doc take the way while I pull up his step. Well, I was going to say before he does, the two people I worry the most about tearing their hamstrings in the morning when they wake up are Gary Harris and Steve Alexander. I actively <laughs> am concerned about both of you every morning. Go ahead, Steve. Dude, you should be, man. I'm, in, I'm a mess. Uh I wrote up the Robin Lopez blurb. Jonas and I were were tag teaming these games last night. I wrote up the Robin Lopez blurb. Didn't even think about it. Double-double, 11 rebounds, 10 points. 
And about 20 minutes later, something clicked in my brain. I was like, wait, I need to go back and look at that Robin Lopez line again. Something's not right. And he had a career high 11 assists on Wednesday night, which I can't even wrap my head around that. Like that is just silly season at its best. And some guy named BJ Johnson hit six out of seven shots and had 14 points in 16 minutes for the magic. Some guy named Hasadi Gravit started at point guard for them and had eight points, five boards, five assists. Like what a mess. Franz Wagner though, he should be getting more love for rookie of the year consideration. I think he's awesome. And Roth and I were talking uh, yesterday about he's not getting as much credit as he probably deserves. So as for those two guys we just talked about, Gary Harris is 22% rostered as we record this. Robin Lopez, 20% rostered. The Magic played on Thursday, if you're hearing this on Friday, and will play again on Sunday. Steve's shaking his head about Robin Lopez, but go look at his recent game log, Steve. If if Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. are are still out, Robin Lopez is viable. He's playable. No, I know. I know he is. And there's still not a legitimate update on Wendell Carter Jr. They just keep listing him out with that lower leg strength. I don't think he's been fully evaluated yet because they haven't updated that. So that's something to watch, too. All right. Let's go to Miami now. Tyler Hero is back, but Gabe Vincent and Max Struess both produced. So for now, it's looking relatively safe to roll with both of those guys. Jonas, would you agree with that until Butler's back? Kind of, but I'm going to lean towards Struss because I feel like he's more important to what they're trying to do right now. Because they have uh, Kyle Lowry up and running, uh, that kind of takes away from Gabe Vincent a little bit too. Uh, so I th- I'm going to roll with Struss, who has been absolutely ridiculous lately. And we have no idea when Jimmy Butler's coming back. I don't know even know how many games he's missed. It's at least over 10, I would think, right? He did return and then came back and missed several more. I haven't heard a, t- a timetable for Butler, and it's been weeks too. So I'm going to keep rolling Struss. I think he's still widely available. Last night he was when I checked. Let's see what he's at now. He's at... 33%, so he's finally creeping up there. I think he's the priority. Um, we've seen him dominate the summer league. We've seen him dominate the preseason, and now he's doing it in the silly season of the NBA too. So stress is a priority. Gabe Vincent, I think his window runs out quicker than stress for sure. Yeah, I like stress. I, I, uh, Tuesday night when Roth and I were on, I, I made Struess my uh, pickup of the day in the Sports Edge Plus section. So he's been playing great. Even with Tyler Hero back uh, on Tuesday night, Struis still started and put up a, a solid line. So I think he's he's the guy. And I'm also keeping my eye on uh, KZ Akpala. Also, we I think we just said his name somehow like four different ways. I believe it's Struis, but that's one of those <laughs> names that somehow has we have like multiple variations. I will also say that another name I think we have to have on our radar in Miami is is Omar Yurtseven, uh, Jonas, who you had mentioned yep. on a podcast several weeks ago. He's been doing some things lately. Did he make the waiver wire column? Uh, he's going to for sure. Last three games, he's putting up some pretty nice numbers. We're talking 6.3 points. Obviously, that's going to be much higher because he's known for scoring. Only 35% shooting. That's going to come way up. But 12.3 boards and 1.3 blocks in 20 minutes, like that's not nothing. So uh, when your seventh offense returns, and we know it will because that's what his game is all about, uh, we could see a nice little explosion here too because it's not out of the question that he leapfrogged Deadman by any means, right? So in certain matchups, I really like your seven here. Maybe he climbs closer to 25 minutes and we'll be in mid-round territory if that happens. 5% rostered. The Heat will play again on Sunday. Four games next week. Four games next week. Love it. We have more names to hit first. We're going to take a very quick break. 
since Eats and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Give the gift of NBC Sports Edge Plus this holiday season. Get 15% off annual subscriptions when you use the code HOLIDAY15 at checkout. This offer will turn to Cole on December 31st. So visit NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus today. And remember, all our premium tools for fantasy, DFS, and betting are included in one low Edge Plus subscription. Download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter a special Christmas edition of our Pick and Roll Contest. It's free and you have a chance to win $50,000. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now. And we are headed down the backstretch of the NFL season and NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet has you covered with Sunday Night 7. We're giving you a shot to win $1 million every Sunday night throughout the rest of the regular season. It is free and easy to play. So predict what will happen between the Washington football team and the Cowboys for a chance to win. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. We return to our waiver wire conversation. Jonas, I think finally you have surrendered and put Facundo Campazzo into the column. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, monster five-game stretch. I want to say he was in the top 70. I can pull that up too. But like I said, he's all about the assist and steals. Yep. You were on this guy uh, way before me even. Uh, so credit to you there. I did pick him up last week, and I love the production too. So it looks like he's going to stick above 26 minutes because the Nuggets have no one right now. Like, they're relying on Austin Rivers as their eighth man. Like, that's <laughs> that's dire times. Um, and I just – I'm kind of giving up on the hope of Bones Highland being unleashed anytime soon. Like – they keep pulling the plug on him. Uh, he's had that ankle flare up on him several times. His right ankle has been a big issue. Left the game for 10 minutes last night. Had braces on both ankles. Uh, so that 24-point game he saw from Bones is kind of out the window now because of that health. So it uh, looks like Campazzo is um, locked in for 26, 28 minutes. And like I said, you can't argue with assist steals. And even blocks lately. He's had like one block over his last two weeks. So that's not nothing. Steve, this is your chance, Steve. Now you are an early Compazzo adopter you were you really you were loving this guy as far back as last season and then you bailed on him and I, I don't think you've gotten back on board so I don't know what gives here yeah, wow. yeah I, I don't I have, I'm not really uh he hasn't moved the needle for me the the nuggets were very interesting on Wednesday night because Michael Malone got mad and benched everybody he pulled a Raleigh Massimino he pulled a Bobby Knight he just sat everybody down. He's like, I don't care if we lose this game. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. And you know, that allowed Composite to play more minutes and get more run. 
Matt, maybe my team, maybe my t- the players on my fantasy teams are just too good. I mean, maybe they're just too good for me to to cut and pick up Compazzo, but I have not even thought about picking him up anywhere this year, which is really weird because I remember when I was on that yacht in Key West in that resort overlooking the water and people were like, man, I, I just remember the conversations were so Compazzo heavy with Brian Rosenworcel and everything. and You yelled Compazzo as we're signing off on a podcast one time. Compazzo! <laughs> and now fast forward to December and you're like, eh, kind of over it. Steve, I just don't know how you do it. Yeah, I, I, maybe I'll just go pick him up and be done with it. Okay, here's here's my last, my last case. Jonas is already on board. His last 12 games, okay, you got 8.3 points, 5.2 dimes, 1.1 steals, 0.7 blocks, 1.63s. I'm just saying, if you took those 8.3 points and made it like 13 or 12, he'd be a must-roster guy everywhere. I think the points bias is playing heavily into this. The rest of that stat line is pretty good, especially in dimes, steals, blocks, and threes. So 13% rostered. I don't know. Right. I just think uh, he should be rostered in more league. Not everywhere, but in more leagues. Yeah, that's screen PJ McConnell to me. Yeah. What is his roster percentage? 13. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Most people share your feelings about it, Steve. Denver next week plays three times, but then they go 4-4 after that. So not a bad time to pick up Capazzo. All right. We are obligated to say you also have the option to take a Jetty pill this week and pick up Jetty Osman. He had a decent game on Wednesday, Jonas. Uh, What's your outlook on Jetty? Yeah, the game before was the big one, though. 23 points, five three-pointers. Uh, last night's versus Boston wasn't amazing, but 13 points, six rebounds, one assist, one steal, and one triple. And remember, he took 14 shots, too, so he was second on the team in shots. Uh, Cavaliers are down three of their top centers right now, so they're playing a lot of small ball. We saw Taco Fall get minutes last night, and <laughs> I don't think it's crazy to say he's a deep league pickup for field goal percentage, boards, and blocks. But, yeah, GD's the, the prize there in Cleveland, only 15% roster, too, so... 31 minutes last night. I think that's the norm for the next at least week and maybe 10 days plus. We saw Taco Fall get a start last night, which was just, this is silly season at Christmas time. Just doesn't like something is off. This is like bizarro NBA universe. But anyway, uh, taking your Chetty pill, he's coming off a two game week. So I think a lot of Cavaliers that were borderline players to have on your team got cut because of the the low number of games. And then Cleveland plays four times uh, this coming week, and then they go three, four after that. So it's schedule's looking good for Chetty, and I'm always uh, open to picking up Chetty. Awesome. Also, by the way, we saw Taco Fall not only start a Taco Fall revenge game, and he delivered – I mean, like, he if you had picked him up and streamed him, I actually saw someone in one of my leagues, a friend of mine, did pick up Taco Fall. I don't – I have to double check and see if he played him. But <laughs> 10 rebounds and two blocks. Like, he returned some value. It, it actually was a, a usable stat line in 19 minutes. Yeah, he might be the next Boban, right? Every time he plays, every third game, he gets a nice little uh, double-double with some yeah. blocks. I'll take it. By the way, I know this is a waiver-wired podcast, but I, I'm just going to give a shout-out to our Time Lord for that monster line he put up on Wednesday. I, I warmed santa doc's heart that was long overdue too because he's had kind of a yes. disappointing not a disappointing season overall because i think he started out well but a disappointing several weeks yeah rough december for sure all right let's see where do we where do we want to go next jonas i have some names here um i'm not super excited about all of them um did Saban lee make the waiver wire com with kate cunningham in the protocols 
He did, but he will be pretty low on the list because of two game a two game week. I think um, the Pistons are one of three teams that have two games this week. I can confirm really quick. Yeah, they have two games, so uh, two massive streams for sure. I mean, we're talking probably a thirty plus percent usage rate in those two games with no Cade. Remember, Jeremiah Grant is out as well, so your two leading uh, bucket getters are out, and Killian Hayes is not a heavy usage guy as well too. So they will be playing Saban Lee next to Killian when they can. One guy I do want to talk about is a guy that I'm not traditionally a fan of. Kobe White, widely okay. available. Zach Levine is in the protocols. Had that monster 24-point game with five triples. Uh, I did pull up a stat from last year, too. Obviously, the Bulls roster looks a lot different from last year. But with Levine off the court, he had an 18.6 dime and three triple per 36 line with Levine off the court last year. And that was with a 24% usage rate, too. So Kobe White's going to have value for 7 to 10 days, maybe more. Uh, widely available. I'd go grab him if you can. Well, and not only is Zach Levine not playing, but Alex Caruso got hurt, and that really opened the floodgates for Kobe White to get all the all the minutes. So I think Kobe White is a a massive pickup right now, coming off a two game week, and they play four times in the upcoming week. Uh, it's Kobe White time, and he should be a hot pickup. Back to Detroit for a second too. That the Saban Lee thing. I'm also disappointed in Detroit's two game schedule because Hamadou Diallo has been playing really well. There, there's several players in Detroit who were really starting to come on. Um, Sadiq Bay has been great. And that that two-game week is going to mess a lot of that up. And, you know, if you're holding Sadiq Bay, you got a decision to make. You're probably going to end up dropping him to pick up somebody with more games. Kobe White, by the way, just a little look at the schedule here. So he'll play Sunday and Monday, and then that Monday kicks off the four-game week. So – you're jump-starting it with a back-to-back Sunday and Monday. He will not play until Sunday as of when you're hearing this. As for Saban Lee, I just wanted to check, guys. I know we only have two games, but is there a window in there where you can play him? They play on Sunday, and then they won't play again until Wednesday. Wednesday Wednesday and Saturday. Oh, Wednesday and Saturday. Yeah, so that's not really ideal, right? If you could get a kind of a, a three-day span where you have two games, I think you pick him up for that window. Now you have to kind of make a tough decision. I still think he's intriguing if he's sitting out there when you get to Wednesday and Cade Cunningham's still in the protocols. I'm, I'm streaming Saban Lee wherever I can, at least on that day. I mean, at least in DFS. Yeah, because Wednesday, you're probably going to have 10. You're probably going to have a full lineup right. available anyway. So yeah. he, may, he may be on the – you may not even use him. Bottom line, Saban Lee cannot catch a break in terms of fantasy because this is this would have been a golden opportunity in a four-game week, but the schedule is not is not yeah. complying with us. In so many ways. Very sad. Uh, let's see. Denny Avdia is another name of Jonas that I think we both wanted to talk about. So uh, give us your thoughts first. Yeah, probably Washington's best defender, apart from Daniel Gafford, right? He's been guarding the best opposing player in each game. Um, he can do a little bit of everything on the stat sheet. I want to pull up his last three games just to see where he's at fantasy-wise. Because he is certainly intriguing. So last three games... Oh, he's actually leading the team in value. He's ahead of Bradley Beal in that stretch. So in 26 minutes, he's at 13.3 points, five boards, two assists, 1.7 steals, and 1.7 threes, too. So Avdija is suddenly very intriguing. Remember, KCP is in the protocols, too, so that opens up a little bit more room. He's been on our watch list at least five or six times that I can remember, too. So finally getting some serious burn. He's probably like one year away from like a massive breakout, too, because he, actually, he also has some playmaking ability, too. They haven't really shown it yet because the Wizards have probably view, obviously, and Dinwiddie's soaking up a lot of usage. But he's very, very intriguing long-term and short-term, too. 
I think you kind of have to grab them this week. Do they play three or four times? Let's see. They play. Oh, I'm on the wrong. I'm on the wrong page, Matt. They play three times this week, but even so, I think he's still a decent pickup this week and maybe beyond. Yeah, and also it's worth checking back. We're, so we're recording this before his game Thursday. You'll want to check back and see what Avdia did because if it's a total stinker, you're not going to be as excited about him. But if we see like double digit points again, a couple steals, all aboard there, 11% rostered in Yahoo leagues. And I think it's important that, to note that KCP is out, which Jonas did. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is back. So the, those are kind of offsetting penalties, I think, for, <laughs> for Abdija. But he's been pretty good. And um, I'm down. I, I, I like Abdija. And, and like, I, like Jonas said, I think next year we might be looking at a breakout candidate. There were three names left that ended up on my list, and I don't know if these all made your column, Jonas, but let's just go around the room here for a quick yay or nay and any thoughts on these guys, starting with Darius Baisley, who was so bad for a stretch that Von Dalzell from NBC Sports Edge Betting came on this podcast and was talking about how Baisley's scoring under was basically paying his rent. Uh, (laughs) Baisley has broken out a little bit, scored 17 on Wednesday, eight blocks in a three-game stretch prior to Thursday. Are you a yay or a nay on this little recent Baisley spike we've seen? Um, I'm going to cop out here and take the easy way. Let's say it depends on your build because if you have a punt build where you have like a Giannis or someone that you can soak up a, a field goal percentage hit, then the answer is yes because Baisley is at, what is he? Jeez, 39% from the field and 60% from the line this season. Yeah. Everything else looks extremely intriguing, right? The blocks have been massive lately. Um, the move to the bench actually helped him get a little bit more usage and it kind of lit a fire under him as well. But like I said, you basically have to be punting at least field goal percentage because at least the free throw percentage is low volume. So you don't take a massive hit. He's at two attempts per game, but that field goal percentage, man, that is bottom of the barrel. So we're talking a poor man's Dylan Brooks field goal percentage too. So just be aware of that. If you're punting field percentage, I'll I'm, I'm okay with picking them up for sure. He's been pretty great in his last two games though. And I think what is happening with OKC is if Lou Dort is on fire, Baisley's not going to do anything. And when Baisley gets hot, Dort cools off and, and kind of goes away. And I think Dort went through that five or six game tear where he looked unstoppable and Baisley was invisible. And now Baisley's suddenly back. I, I agree with you. The, the percentages are really, really brutal. I don't fully trust Darius Baisley, but these two games, he's been pretty awesome, and the blocks are there, and, and he's playing well for them. So I'm always okay with Darius Baisley for whatever reason, and, and same with Dylan Brooks. So that's probably just a, a problem that I have. But they played four games um, this past week, and they also play four games next week. So if you want to roll with Baisley and Dort next week, you might get two good games out of both of them. We were talking before we started here about Trevor Ariza making a little bit of an impact for the Lakers. And I also think Taylor Horton Tucker, even though had a horrendous game on Tuesday, he shot one for 13. He got 31 minutes in that game. So I think he needs to be on our radar as well, given the Anthony Davis injury. What are your thoughts on both those guys? Yeah, if you pull up Trevor Ariza's fantasy resume over the last decade, we're talking the fantasy star, right? I mean, he's had several top 60 finishes. He was one of those guys that would kind of like uh, basically the Robert Covington before Covington, was he not? Like steals, blocks, threes, yeah. uh, the typical 3 and D player. And coming into the season, he had no value, right? Lakers were healthy. They had 48 veterans all above 35, so they were all going to play 10 minutes each. 
But now they kind of have to play him because Anthony Davis is out at least four weeks, probably a lot longer. Like, that's a serious injury. Carmelo Anthony, he's kind of slowing down. He needs an ice bath every 15 minutes. Uh, I think Aritza is interesting here for the next four to six weeks, for sure. Uh, I would agree with that. Uh, like you said, he, he was better five years ago than he is today, obviously. But somebody's going to have to eat up some minutes for the Lakers, and he's probably going to do some of that. Taylor Horton Tucker also. Roth now has a personal vendetta against THT because on Tuesday night when I needed just one assist, one basket, anything from Cameron Payne, Roth needed anything from THT in his DFS lineup. And THT just laid an egg. It was horrible, terrible shooting. Both of those guys are going to have to do something with Anthony Davis uh, down for the Lakers. So I'm intrigued by both of them, but I'm not racing to pick either of them up. The Lakers do have four games this coming week, so that's good. I think if you can look past that one for 13 game, I think I'd give THT another chance or two. Because if you look at his game log, he did have four straight double-digit games before he went out due to protocols, I believe due to protocols. He also had nine steals over a four-game stretch, including a six-steal game. There, There is something here. He hasn't been able to consistently put it together. I'm not sure if he will be able to, but you could certainly do worse than a flyer here, and he's 24% rostered. And the last name I want to mention, Jonas, and I, I was just a little surprised that Chimezi Metu is still 32% rostered in Yahoo. Rashawn Holmes returned. Metu still was productive. So what are your thoughts on this guy as the Kings uh, possibly get more healthy or have more guys available in the weeks ahead? I'm not as sold on Metu as I guess many others. Uh, I don't know. Doc, I know you've talked him up a little bit. What have you seen from him that you like? I'm not terribly sold just yet. Well, I mean, we talk about him every single week on every single podcast, it seems like. So he basically gets coverage here five days a week. (laughs) Uh, and I still don't know how to say his name. Sometimes I call him Metu. Sometimes I call him Me Too. Uh, it just depends on how I'm feeling that day. You've also gone with a Matu, I think. I've heard that. Matu. Yeah. And maybe a Me Too. Yeah. I, I'll, it's all over the board. You also called him Struss once. <laughs> but I like I like Chemezi. And you just don't know if the Kings are going to play him or not. But right now, he's in the mix. They're all banged up. I think as long as Marvin Bagley's out, you play Matu. I think that's what it comes down to. And unfortunately, I'd love to say I fully trust him and I'm going all in on him because they go 4-4-4 the next three weeks. And that is dreamy for a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, uh, who is absolutely on fire right now, by the way. Uh, but for Chimezimitu, it's it's just enough to make you pick him up and maybe throw him in your lineup and then you just pray. I'm going to add him to the list every week just to hear Steve pronounce it. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Did I do it wrong again? No. No, that one just kind of had a little extra flair to it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you kind of sped through it. You kind of turned it all into one word. I will say his last five games look like this. 13.4 points, 8 rebounds, 1.6 steals, 0.8 blocks, 0.8 threes. I'm definitely waiting for the wheels to fall off. I'm in no way sold that this will continue. But if I have him in a deeper league... I'm just hanging on for now because he had 11 points, 10 boards, two dimes in 31 minutes. As I said, Rashawn Holmes played in that game. Not that he's directly tied to Holmes, but you get the point. It's another piece back in the Kings rotation, and we saw Matt 2 play 30-plus minutes. So I'm not going to hesitate to drop him. You know, I, It won't take much, but for now, I think he's a hold, and let's see where this thing goes. I want to throw out one more name, just real super fast. Please. Gary Payton, the second. Career 
2.6 steals per 36 minutes, the ultimate steals streamer. So going to play about roughly 26, 30 minutes maybe for the next week with Wiggins and the protocols. So you never know. Maybe Curry gets gets another game for rest too as well. So just keep an eye on Gary Payton if you need steals because he's the top steal right in the NBA. Young Love and Jordan Poole out. Damian Lee out. Andrew Wiggins out. That is Young Glove territory all day. Him and Otto Porter Jr. both should yeah. get decent run for the Warriors who play three games next week, and then they go 4-4-4 four, four, four after that. 12.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, 2.5 steals in just 19 minutes over his last cool. two games prior to Thursday. Imagine if Gary Payton's son was – horrible at getting steals he was just like a 0.5 steals per game guy that would be so wrong only fitting that he's he's an incredible incredible steals guy yep we have breaking news do we zach levine is out of health and safety protocols that's awesome and the nba and the nba players association are in talks to shorten quarantines for players who test positive so there's that I would say both of those are good, good news items. And potentially, before we go, just putting a button on this, does that make our Kobe White pickup fully irrelevant, or are we still thinking the Caruso absence has Kobe White on our radar? Yeah, he's no longer going to be a mid-round upside guy, but still late round is definitely a possibility because, remember, Bulls were hit hard by COVID. I think they had like eight guys in the protocols at one point, too, so there still should be a, a comfortable role for White in there. Yeah, I think White can start still start next to uh, Levine because Caruso had been starting. So I, 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 it doesn't really change it much for me. I think it limits Kobe White's upside, but I'm still, I'm still down. I'm in. All right. That is going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We're back live on Monday with some takeaways from the weekend and some more waiver wire pickups to consider. In the meantime, check out Jonas's column, waiver wired column on NBC Sports Edge, which should be up by the time you're hearing this on Friday. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening. Happy holidays to all of you. And to you, Steve and Jonas, I will talk to you both soon. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Steve, leave that hat and sweater on all weekend, please. Thanks. I will. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.